Good evening and welcome to our evening service here at Romford Baptist Church. My name is Vicky. I am one of the ministers here. And we're going to come to the end of our, our Bible series that we've been looking at over the last few weeks since the beginning of the year. This week with a wonderful reminder of the hope that we have in God and the home that will be to come. John 3:16 reminds us that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have eternal life and we have that hope we have that assurance because of what God has done by sending his son to that cross for each and every one of us and as we start our service we're going to be singing in the words of our first song that our hope is built on nothing less Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are our mighty God, our everlasting Father. You care for us and you've cared for this world that you created so much so that you sent your son to die on that cross for us. We thank you that we have that hope that comes from knowing that for ourselves. We thank you that we have the promise to come of a new heaven and a new earth and of dwelling with you in eternity. We thank you for that sense of security that comes with that, of knowing that each and every day you are with us and that we are never alone. And so, Father God, as we come and we gather wherever we may be, not able to gather in person together, but in our homes and in our different settings, Father God, we thank you that you are there with each one of us as you are here in this place. Father God, we thank you and we praise your name. Amen. We're going to have a video now and uh, following that is going to be the song Abide With Me. Honing in on the homecoming. I hope you find fruition in the story I'm telling because there's hope in the better story I'm telling. This is the six-beat, six-piece scripture story. This is the overarching rescue plan story. This is part six of the better story. Imprisoned in old age, John gets a revelation of the end of the age of the final chapter and page. God draws back the curtains as John peers in with apocalyptic pictures. He takes it all in and he sees the climax of everything. He sees risen Jesus returning in all of his glory, fully fulfilling every single prophecy. This is how the story completes. Sin's death grip which brought depravity, evil's chokehold on humanity will cease. All its stains, smears and suffocates will be substituted for peace in the Saviour. Those adopted into Jesus' family will find meaning. Every piece hurting will find healing. All grieving will fully know the light at the end of the tunnel. All heartbreak will be heart fixed. All questions will be answered. Those stitched to him will be stitched back together like a redemptive game of hide and seek. Though once lost, they'll be found. All fears will be forgotten. All brokenness will be banished. All baggage will be sent packing as the community of grace gifted misfits will welcome in the homecoming. 
We're talking full-on hope-filled redemption. Cancers will get the ultimate all clear. No need to fear, because every anxiety will find rest in Thee, Almighty. From broken bodies to resurrected bodies, there'll be no space for waste in this physical place, just grace as God recycles, redeems, and restores those whom He adores. Love wipes away every tear. Love hijacks the runaway train of destruction and changes its course to kingdom come. Cause love won on a jagged cross. No more graveyards, crems and tombstones. We'll R.I. in perfect pain cause he rolled away the stone. From despair there'll be perfect repair and hope will be there as the highlight for all time. And pain won't just be managed, it'll be past tense. As the tree of life will be a healing balm for all nations. Paradise regained, Eden reclaimed. Freedom from anxiety, we'll be image bearers of God's beauty. God with his people, a loving community. No longer stained with sin's original curse. We'll find our origins in the image of the one we reflected first. And the walkers chant of evil will be hushed. The seed was bruised, but the serpent's head crushed. This is the overarching rescue plan story. This is the six beat better story. Cause the pillar to the plot line, the central storyline is Jesus. Our origin originated in Jesus. Freedom fought for and found in Jesus. Peace passionately poured out from Jesus. Love crossed off the curse through the nail marks of Jesus. Community compassionately cultivated in Jesus. Home hoped for and held in Jesus. Be reminded that we have that hope and that eternal home because of Jesus than being around the table and looking at the bread and the wine, the symbols of his broken body and his poured out love through the blood that was shed. And as we've just sung that hymn, Abide With Me, we are reminded that he is with us and he's with us because he went to that cross and his spirit lives with us each and every day. As we come to this table, let us pause and remember. Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a great and awesome God. We thank you for that hope that we have, that we do and have, will have a, an eternal home with you. But Father God, as we come now before you and share in this bread and in this cup together, we ask that Lord God, you will just forgive us those things and those times when we haven't been faithful to you. You will forgive us for those moments when we have been less than we should have been. And we ask now as we come and share in this bread and in this cup that Lord, we come knowing that you've forgiven us and that you love us and that you want us just to turn to you. Thank you Lord for all that you have done. Amen. 
1 Corinthians 11 says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so, we eat because his body was broken. We drink because his blood was poured out for us. And as we eat at our homes, we just do that as we listen to this piece of music. Let us pray. Father God, as we come before you, we thank you for that reminder that we indeed have a home, that eternal home. But for now, I walk this broken world. The words taken from Matt Redmond's version of Abide With Me. The words that go on to say, you walked it first, you know our pain, but you show hope can rise again up from the grave. And it goes on to say, abide with me, abide with me, don't let me fall and don't let go. Walk with me and never leave, ever close. God, abide with me. And Father God, as we think about our world and the brokenness of those around us and the lives who, who are shattered because they live in darkness rather than in light, Lord, we bring them before you now. And Father God, we ask that you will be close to them and that, Lord, your light will break in. We thank you that because of Gethsemane, because of the cross, because of the nails, because even you were overwhelmed, you understand what it is when people struggle. But Lord, you turned your eyes upwards to your heavenly Father. And Lord, we pray for those in our world who struggle, who struggle with addiction and in living in violent situations and who aren't living in peace but are living in despair and despondency. We pray, Lord, for our world and for each one of us who are struggling mentally and emotionally and spiritually, Lord, because of the time of the world in which we live. And we echo again those words from that song, Abide with me. Don't let us fall. Don't let go. And Father God, as we come this week and recognise that this is that moment when um, the family of Barbara Palmer and the friends of Barbara will be giving thanks for her life, we pray that, Lord, they will know you, them, you abiding with them, particularly in the coming days. Lord, Give them your strength, we pray. And continue to be with all those who are grieving and have been grieving for so many weeks and months. Father God, we thank you that that love will never let us go. That we know that those that we love are in no longer in any pain. And that, Lord, they are with you. Father God, help us to keep our eyes fixed on you the author and the perfecter of our faith. 
And Lord, as we think about that sense of abiding with you and that promise that we have of the hope to come because of you, Lord, we bring before you now in the silence those who are heavy in our hearts. Lord, hear our prayer. And again, we use the words, abide with us, abide with us. Don't let us fall. Don't let us go. And as we bring our time of prayers to an end, we sing together the words of the Lord's Prayer. I trust that you have received your notice sheet in whatever form it has arrived with you. And uh, as I just encourage you just to look at it, to join in with the things that are happening each week. The prayer meeting on a Tuesday evening by Zoom, the Wednesday evening as we look at our final session together. Uh, on this theme of hope and home. And even if you've not managed any others, do feel able to join us on Zoom and join us in for this last opportunity as we chat together, having watched the video uh, uh, together at the beginning, we break into our small groups. And uh, we continue to thank Hannah for the work that she's doing with our children and young people. And I just encourage you, don't let those resources go to waste. She puts so much work in and we have so many opportunities to continue to gather together during the week as, as children and young people. And I encourage you to encourage your young people too to engage in all that there is on offer.
Of course, we have our Sunday services too. And uh, we just uh, look forward to gathering again with you on that occasion. We thank you too for your faithfulness in giving. And uh, we're going to pause now as we bring our thanks to God for all that is given to him through your offerings. Father God, we thank you that you give to us in abundance. And we pray that in what we give to you, you will just be able to use it in a mighty way. Loving Heavenly Father, in all that happens and in all that is done, Lord, we pray that you will use this money, both here in this place and further afield, to shine a light and to bring hope to the lives of those who do not yet know you. And Lord, as lives are transformed, they will come to know that hope for themselves and that security in the promise of an eternal home. Amen. We're going to have our scripture reading and that is going to be followed by our message this evening. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree 
are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any cause. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will give them light. And they will reign forever and ever. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Well, welcome to the final part of our Bible series. We're bringing it into land with hope. Where is our ultimate home? You know, we humans, we are hope-oriented creatures. Without the prospect of a future worth living for, we lose the will to live. But hope is a powerful force. It can motivate us to live bold, generous and confident lives. You know, a few years ago, uh, our family went up Mount Snowdon, which is the highest mountain in England and Wales. And it was a hot summer's day and our children were five and seven years of age. And so about halfway up, they had a complete meltdown and refused to go on. It was made a bit worse because there's actually a train up Snowdon. And so every so often a train would pass with people waving happily as our children threw their tantrums. So we negotiated a peace deal and said, look, if you go another five minutes to this near horizon, uh, when we get there, you can decide whether we go on or, or turn back. So we went on to the five minute horizon. And from there, we got a glimpse for the first time of the summit of Snowdon. And I pointed to it and I said, now look, there's the summit of Snowdon. Can you see it? And they, they nodded, they could see it. And I said, and can you see just to the side of it, there's a little building. That is a cafe with an enormous ice cream for each of you and the train waiting to take you back down what do you want to do? <laughs> Hope is a powerful force, right? It can motivate a five-year-old to walk to the top of Snowdon. Hope puts something glorious on that far horizon and says, go for it. 
Unfortunately, when we reached the summit, uh, it was so busy they'd sold out of ice creams and the train was fully booked for the rest of the day, uh, which gave us a great opportunity as we stomped back down the mountain to explain to our children that all hopes in this life will ultimately disappoint. Uh, it was not happy. But we have a hope at the end of the Bible story that is sure and certain. Hope, Christian hope, put something glorious on that far horizon and says, go for it. It's a hope that says we have an eternal future to look forwards to and nothing can take that away. So in the middle of the challenges of life, look up and realise we have hope. Now, the end of the Bible then, the final book of the Bible called Revelation. If you like, Revelation, for all of the strange visions and peculiar symbolism in the book, Revelation ultimately gives us a glimpse of that far horizon. And the way this hope works, the way this message is going to work, is we're going to see what lies on the far horizon. So imagine us standing where we are now. Of course, there is a, a near horizon, which is life in this world, the next few months and years, all of the challenges and uncertainties and threats. But Christian hope starts with the far horizon. We see a great hope on that far horizon and that hope shines back to give light and encouragement and confidence in the middle of the challenges of life. So let's start then by looking at the far horizon and then we'll see what that can do for us on the near horizon, the challenges of everyday life. But the far horizon we start with is the hope we have for eternity. A sure and certain, a glorious hope beyond this life. Now, before I give us a glimpse from Revelation of what lies on that far horizon, I realise some of you may be thinking, well, this is all very encouraging, but how do you know? I mean, how could you know? You've not been to the far horizon, so how could you know what's going to be there? beyond death. No one seems to come back from the far horizon to tell us what lies beyond death. So how do we know? Isn't this all just speculation like Dante's comedy or some sitcom about the afterlife or the good life? How can we know? Well, the answer the Bible gives is we know what's coming ahead of us because of an event that has happened behind us in history. Listen to the way 1 Peter, uh, a book in the New Testament, puts it. It says, We have been born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Notice then that the living hope that we have is based on the resurrection of Jesus that has already happened. Around April 30 AD, Jesus Christ was brutally crucified on a Roman cross he was properly dead and buried on Friday. But on Sunday, Easter Sunday, as we now celebrate it, resurrection life infused that corpse of Christ and he came to life again and triumphed over death. Now, this hope of resurrection then is embodied in Jesus Christ. If you like, the future has already happened in the past. The moment of the resurrection is the future of our human story if we are in Jesus Christ. And notice this is resurrection. It's not resuscitation, it's resurrection. This wasn't just someone who was very ill and then made a remarkable recovery only to die again. No, no, Jesus properly died, but he, he broke through death. He went beyond death and out the other side, never to die again. Now reigning in a human body that is no longer susceptible to disease or sickness or illness or death, Jesus Christ then, if you like, is the first human to make it to that far horizon. 
He is our future. He is the far horizon in person. And so our confidence about what lies ahead of us is because behind us in history, Jesus Christ has broken the power of death and shown us the way forward. So we can be certain, confident in this hope. It's not just wishful thinking. Here's how uh, one other verse in the New Testament, in Hebrews 6, it simply puts it this way. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Think of it as I hear the word anchor. I, I like mountain climbing and rock climbing. Think of it like a team of rock climbers arriving at the foot of a, of a cliff face. One of the team, the lead climber, takes on the cliff face on behalf of the whole team. All the hopes are vested in this lead climber. They face the threat and challenge of pioneering the route. But if they make it to the top, they set up what's known as an anchor or a belay point. They fasten the rope to the rock. And then the rest of the team can climb up behind them. But now they are roped to the one who's already made it. They're going where he's already gone. He's bringing them up to his position. That's how the Bible thinks of our hope. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, it's like we get clipped in, roped to him. He has already made it to the far horizon and he is bringing us to where he is, resurrection hope. We may slip, but roped to Jesus, he will not let us fall. He's bringing us to glory. Now, one of the things that every climber, one of the moments you love is called topping out. It's where having faced the challenge of the cliff face, your, your head then pops up over the horizon for the first time and you see the destiny you've been going for. What a moment it will be for us human beings when we top out from the challenges and threats of this life and into the glorious hope of eternity. When we see Jesus Christ face to face, we're told in the Bible, it's not just that when we see him, we will be with him, We're told that when we see him, we will be like him. We will enter into his state of being. His quality of resurrection life will become ours. Jesus Christ is our future. Now, in the book of Revelation, we get some glimpses of what this topping out into the far horizon hope will be like. Just listen to some of the, well, some of what we've got to look forward to as we put our trust in Jesus. Revelation 21, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with humans. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither will there be mourning or crying or pain, for the former things have passed away. And then Revelation 22, then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The, tree, the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations." Here we get a glimpse of that far horizon. From where we are in history, we glimpse the hope of eternity. And what do we see? We see, firstly, a renewed planet. A renewed planet. Did you notice that we see not just people wafting around like ghosts in clouds? No, no, John says, I saw a new earth. 
We know what Earth is like. It's the planet where we live, home. But John says, I saw a new home, a new Earth. And it's been washed clean of all that breaks it and defiles it. And now it's flourishing in the way that was always intended. He saw a new earth and he even saw the tree of life. Did you notice that? The tree of life reappears. We've only seen that in Genesis back in our origins where we started this series. And then we lost access to that symbol of perfection. But now it's back as if to say our human story started in a beautiful world filled with the goodness of God and despite all the chaos in the middle it's going to finish back in a beautiful world the tree of life and the tree of life regained paradise lost paradise regained you know in spite of all the understandable eco anxiety and the sense of the damage we're doing to our environment right now the bible finishes with a hope and the hope is that this planet will be renewed and that society and nature, humans and animals, we will dwell in one sustainable, glorious ecosystem forever. A renewed planet. Secondly, resurrection bodies. Did you notice John says in his vision, God spoke and said he will wipe away every tear. There'll be no more crying or mourning or pain for the old order has passed away. We're so used to these frail bodies of ours catching diseases and getting sick and becoming injured and becoming frail and having disabilities and we're so used to this we think it's normal it's not normal and it's not the future for those who are in Christ Jesus no no resurrection bodies will mean we get a new kit (laughs) are you looking forward to a new kit one that is no longer corruptible it won't die it won't get sick there'll be no need to cry anymore the bodies we will inhabit will be like Jesus who in his resurrection appearances ate fish with his friends and walked down the road with other friends and showed us a physical glorious future. You know whatever your physical body is like now you have the hope of a new body, a resurrection body in Jesus and in that sense even if you are gym toned and ripped and fit right now don't get proud in the body you've got it'll still get sick and die But if you're living in a frail body and you you feel like your best years are behind you, don't despair. I want to say, actually, if you've put your faith in Jesus, your best days lie ahead of you. One day, you will no longer be a shadow of your former self. Right now, you're just a shadow of your future self. Your best days lie ahead of you, a resurrection body. And then finally, a renewed planet, resurrection bodies, and then reunion with God and with his people. Did you notice in the passage, it says that God will dwell with humans. Right now, we can have a relationship with God, but he can still seem quite distant at times. It's hard to hear his voice and know exactly how to live his way, but that will change. One day, we will be so close to God, there'll be no separation or division. In fact, the whole earth will be described in Revelation as the temple. That is that the home of God, the temple is now the whole earth. We will live in a shared space with God in total proximity with him and with his people. That is what we will top out into in glory. That is our future hope. What a hope we have to look forward to. Can you imagine what it will be like to enter into it? I think the best attempt to sum this up comes, I quote this in the series book, but C.S. Lewis in The Last Battle, he pictures Uh, creatures arriving in this ultimate world and he says this it was the unicorn who summed up what everyone was feeling 
He stamped his right forehoof on the ground and neighed and cried, I have come home at last. This is my real country. I belong here. This is the land I've been looking for all my life, though I never knew it till now. The reason why we love the old Narnia is that sometimes it looked a bit like this. Bree hee hee, come further up, come further in. We will neigh and sigh and dance and celebrate in that new creation. And that's our hope, secured in the resurrection of Jesus. And this is the hope that can get us through the tough times of life. This hope anchors our small, fragile lives to a better story and gives us a security when we face loss and tragedy. And we're going to hear the story from a family who experienced tragedy, but experienced it with this living hope. It was 2016. I was sitting in the sitting room with my husband, Sammy McCauley. All of a sudden, headache appeared from nowhere. Ended up to be something very serious. He ended up in Addisbrook Hospital, diagnosed of brain hemorrhage. Sammy was in, in this coma for a few months. The doctor's reports were saying that Sammy would never walk again, Sammy would never talk, Sammy would never regain all his memory. But God be the glory, Sammy recovered and beyond. Unfortunately, even after making a full recovery a couple years later, my dad unexpectedly passed away. Uh, for me, my heart genuinely sunk just hearing the words time of death from the paramedic. It was a surreal feeling for my entire family. <sighs> yeah, it was just... The air was filled with silence, complete stillness at the time, and just the overwhelming love that poured in from the Kingsgate family. It felt like a big hug, that a spiritual hug that was needed. It was really needed at the time. Despite feeling a sense of loss and grief at the time, I had an overall sense of peace and calmness because my dad had confidence in his faith and he believed in God and he knew that there was hope for eternal life, which makes me really confident that I'm going to be able to see him again in the future. Eternal hope is a beautiful thing, especially in the context of losing my dad. Um, I really feel like it helped put a lot of things into perspective for us as a family. Um, and the Bible talks about hope, how it's a part of faith. Um, Hebrews specifically says that faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance in what we do not see. And for me, that just meant that, you know, I can be confident that my dad lived his life here and fulfilled his purpose. I can be confident that he's in a better place as well. And I can be assured that as a family, we'll be reunited again later on in life. Um, and also that there will be no more sadness, there'll be no more pain. And I feel like that's our confident eternal hope. Well, as we've seen, hope is vital. When the tragedies and tough times of life come, hope says, but that's not the end of the story. On that far horizon, we still have that moment of reunion and hope to look forward to. 
And so that far horizon hope that we've already considered shines back to this near horizon and gives us the resources we need to live bold and generous lives. Hope gives us the confidence we need in the face of life's uncertainties. You know, that's the challenge of living in this insecure near horizon is we don't know what's around the next corner and fear of the future can rob us of peace and joy in the present. If we think that this life is all we have, we can become over-anxious and risk-averse and fearing the worst. Fearing that, well, you only live once and then the fear of missing out kicks in and we, we fear that we won't get all of the things on our bucket list done before we kick the bucket or we won't marry the prince and live in the castle and have the dream. But hope says actually this life is not all that you've got. Ultimately, our home lies on that far horizon and with faith in Jesus Christ, that's where we're going, roped to him. So we can live secure lives knowing that whatever happens here and now, nothing can ultimately snatch away our hope. Whether you get the grades or miss out on that place, whether the boss calls you in to offer you a promotion or say it's redundancy, whether the test results say it's benign or malignant, we have a hope that is bigger than all of those uncertainties. As the New Testament verse that we read earlier puts it, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Every year I go sailing with some friends uh, and uh, they're very confident at sea and I sort of make the tea. I'm not so confident in boats. But one time we sailed to the Isles of Scilly and overnight we dropped anchor just off one of the islands and in the night a squall whipped up and I was anxious and fearful. I couldn't sleep. I was sort of pacing the boat and eventually I woke up the owner of the boat, my friend, and I explained the situation and he sort of assessed what was going on and then I'll never forget, he looked at me and he just said, have you seen the size of our anchor? (laughs) Go back to sleep, we're fine. You know, I want to say to you in the storminess of life and all its uncertainties, Nevertheless, have you seen the size of our anchor? We are roped to the risen Jesus Christ, who's already on that far horizon. We can sleep well and live securely because we have an anchor for our souls, firm and secure. And then as well as living confidently, we can live courageously. We can live bold, generous, big horizon lives because we know that ultimately our final hope is secured so we don't need to live worrying about ourselves and selfishly only looking after our own pile and trying to get as much pleasure as we can and eking out our existence and then dying with those deathbed regrets of I wish I'd taken more risks. We can break out of those small horizons to say look if, if, if God has my ultimate future secured I can live a bold generous life in the present. As the coronavirus pandemic hit, I was reminded of a book by Rodney Stark called The Rise of Christianity, in which he argues that early Christianity flourished precisely when the plagues came in the ancient world, because when the plagues came and everyone else fled, it was the Christians, with this hope, who moved into the danger areas and cared for the sick and the dying, risking their own lives, secure in the hope that they had. You know, the truth is, when we have hope on that far horizon we become even more useful and generous and transformative here and now. Christians with hope can do extraordinary things and change the world. Ending oppression, speaking out for justice, caring for the sick 
and dying. As Archbishop Desmond Tutu put it, I'm not an optimist, but I am a prisoner of hope. If we're Christians, we're prisoners of hope. We cannot believe anything but the best for the ultimate outcome of this human story, our world. We cannot give up on this world. We won't write anyone off in it because we're people with hope. And that inspires us to live bold, big, generous lives until Christ returns. Well, and here endeth the Bible story. Here endeth the Bible series. You know, this is how the book of Revelation brings the story into land. In other words, we've arrived at the end. And yet we are still caught up in the middle. I love this little visual on the front cover of the series book. You are here before the ultimate eternal city and eternal hope. We are still caught up in this amazing story. We have a part to play today and we need to be inspired by this hope to make every difference that we can. You know, all of the major events in the Bible other than the return of Jesus, have already happened. They're already history. We've seen our origins, the great event of Exodus, the story of exile, the Messiah coming, the spirit on the day of Pentecost. This has all happened. The only big event left in the Bible for us is the return of Jesus Christ. So in the meantime, we've got work to do to bring change and hope into our world. When I used to play rugby, sometimes towards the end of a match, we'd ask the referee, how long left, ref? And if it was right at the end of the game, he'd sometimes reply, the next whistle you hear will be the final whistle. Now, when you heard that, it just made you feel, well, then let's, let's go for it. I mean, let's not hold anything back. Let's leave everything on the pitch. You know, in the Bible story, the next whistle we hear will be the final whistle, the return of Jesus Christ, ushering in our eternal hope. So let's go for it. Let's not hold anything back. All the sacrifices and risks we take in Jesus' name, for eternity they'll be worth it. Let's leave everything on the pitch, living out our living hope. Well, I want to invite you at the end of this series then to dedicate your life to serving Jesus Christ until he returns. Perhaps you'd like just to lift your hands as a sign of offering your life and I'd like to pray over us as we finish. Almighty Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus and giving us through his resurrection a living hope that nothing can snatch away. In the uncertainties of life, thank you that we have confidence. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Have you seen the size of our anchor? Lord, in the light of of us being roped to you, may we live bold, generous lives that transform our world until Christ returns. In his name we pray it. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you that your son Jesus has secured the final outcome for us. We thank you that we can put our faith and trust in you today. And as we look forward to a new body and a perfect makeover for our planet Earth, we thank you for the hope that this brings to us. Loving Jesus, we pray that this hope will inspire us to live bold and generous lives, to live with endurance and courage and joy in our fragile and uncertain world. We thank you that knowing that despite the trials and the sufferings we may be experiencing, storms will pass and that whatever may happen, nothing can overwhelm us because you are our anchor. 
We thank you that you will make all things new, that you will bring order out of chaos and your desire is for us to flourish. But Jesus, forgive us for the times that we have forgotten this message of hope. Renew within us and refresh us with your spirit in the sure and certain hope that you have set before us. Empower us, Lord, to live with hope in our lives and to offer hope to others. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Our last song together is O Church Arise. Enjoy singing it.